right, welcome this evening. Happy New Year. Uh, can you do me a favor and turn down the um, monitor? I think I'm hearing it in both. Um, good evening to you. Welcome. Happy New Year. This is our first service, right, of the new year, technically. I mean, we prayed after the new year together, but our first uh, regular service. And so uh, welcome tonight and welcome to those who are joining us and participating online. Uh, you know, we have after this, what, two more services on Wednesdays in this building and at this location. And so uh, take advantage of the last few services on Wednesday because, you know, that day's coming that when you want to come, guess what? You can't. And so uh, take advantage of that. Uh, I'm blessed to just learn from the Lord more and more about, we're all blessed to learn from the Lord about his church and his body and uh, that we're a part of it. And it's just an awesome privilege. And I, for one, can say that the first half of my race, I probably didn't completely run uh, the way I could have my full potential. I'm honest in saying that. I didn't run. Uh, and I, I probably ran for where I was at, uh, but I probably came under where I was at in some instances. In some years, I didn't hit the mark. I can, I can be honest with myself and say that there were many years of my race that I did not hit the mark that God set for me. I know it, and I know it, uh, and, you know, that's behind me. But you know what? I have opportunity to hit the mark from here on out every single year, every month, every day. <laughs> Amen. And so uh, at the place that you're at, wherever you are in your journey with the Lord, uh, find out what the mark is for that time and that season, and then run with all your might to hit that mark. Amen. Glory to God. And so I'm thankful for more opportunities to do that until he comes, until he comes. Glory to God. Father, we just thank you for this opportunity. I thank you for your word. I thank you, Father, that your word is what we use uh, every day of our lives to grow, to grow in our knowledge of you, to grow in relationship and fellowship with you. We're just so grateful that you gave us words on a page that come alive as we read and as we practice them. We thank you for how everything works so well in the spiritual realm and that we're learning the workings of the spirit and we're learning about your plan and how everything you do is perfect concerning us. And so we thank you and we praise you for the Holy Spirit tonight. Holy Spirit, we welcome you and we thank you that you are the greatest teacher. And we thank you that you are in us and that you are showing us all things concerning our Father. And we thanks and give you praise for that in Jesus' name. <laughs> Amen. Glory to God. So on last Wednesday, we talked about how reflection and self-examination can assist us in laying aside every weight, thoughts, words, behaviors uh, that can derail uh, or slow us down or even stop us from running our race successfully. Uh, and, and we talked about, uh, it in light of doing self-reflection and self-examination, in light of what Brother Hagin had said, he said if we would get uh, the spirit, the part of us that is spirit, if we would take care of that, and get that where we need to be, then the body will come into alignment. 
And so uh, we did, we talked about doing self-reflection uh, based on uh, 2 Corinthians and with that in mind. And so getting our spirit, and, and when we said, what do you mean get that in line? Well, the things that God has been dealing with us with these years or this year or where we are in our season, get that done, get that taken care of, work on that. And then the rest of the things, including healing, including prosperity, including everything that we're, we've been believing for, that will fall into place. Hallelujah. And so then on Saturday, we talked about uh, running our race successfully and uh, the eternal rewards of running our race successfully and completing it. And you can go back and watch that on uh, website, social media. You can listen to our Apple podcast uh, to go back if you missed any of this. This would be uh, the second part of the series. <laughs> we did the third on Saturday because it was the end of the year and we were talking about the end of our race. And so uh, this one would be come right in the middle. Uh, this, I want to talk about running this amazing race of faith successfully uh, because in doing so, there are, yes, heavenly rewards, like we talked about, for successfully completing our race, but there are also earthly rewards. They're temporary, but they are rewards nonetheless uh, for running our race here on this earth. Uh, let's go to 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 6. Uh, and I'm, I'll read it out of the New Living, 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse number 6. I'll read 6 to 8. As for me, this is uh, Paul talking to Timothy. This is a letter he wrote to him. As for me, my life has already been poured out as an offering to God. The time of my death is near. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race, and I have remained faithful. And now the prize awaits me, the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give me on the day of his return. And the prize is not just for me, but all for all who eagerly look forward to his appearing. Hallelujah. Can you hear the confidence in Paul's writing to Timothy? Can you hear the confidence? He confidently says, I have fought the good fight and finished my race. I mean, he was confident when he said it. And uh, he said, I've remained faithful, just as I confidently just told you, I hit the mark <laughs> or I missed the mark, you know. I know I missed the mark in years past, you know. And so uh, just as confident as we, as we say, I messed up, he's saying, I, I hit the mark. <laughs> I hit the mark. And so he said, uh, and he talked about how I've, I've fought the good fight, I have finished the race, and I have kept the faith. Uh, the Amplified Classic says, I have fought the good, worthy, honorable, and noble fight. I have finished the race. I have kept or firmly held the faith. And then he says, my reward awaits me. And Jesus is going to give it to me just like he'll give it to everybody else who does the same thing I did. <laughs> He's very confident in saying that. We don't have to wonder, did I run my race successfully? Is there rewards? <laughs> We don't have to wonder. We can leave this earth knowing, well done is going to be what I hear. It doesn't have to be like, okay, I'm next in line. <laughs> What's he going to say? What you going to say? What's he going to say? What's no, we don't have to do that. We can know how to hear, well done. It's not a mystery. <laughs> it is lined out for us in scripture. Jesus is the greatest example 
of someone who successfully completed their race. And you don't have to go to the cross. I don't have to go to the cross. <laughs> Hallelujah. Glory to God. And so he's confident in saying that. So we don't have to wonder, am I going to get rewards in heaven? We can leave with no doubt concerning this. Uh, because just as confident as Paul was, we can be because we have the word of God to show us how to live and to run a successful race. Uh, let's look at Hebrews chapter 12. And again, I'll read uh, it from, let's see, Amplified Classic. Uh, it says, therefore then, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses who have borne testimony to the truth, let us strip off and throw aside every encumbrance, unnecessary weight, and that sin which so readily, deftly, and cleverly clings to and entangles us. And let us run with patient endurance and steady and active persistence the appointed course of the race that is set before us. And then looking away from all that will distract to Jesus, who is the leader and the source of faith, giving the first incentive for our belief and is also its finisher, bringing it to maturity and perfection. He... For the joy of obtaining the prize, you're the prize, that was set before him, endured the cross, despising and ignoring the shame, and is now seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Then verse 3 says, just think of him who endured from sinners such grievous opposition and bitter hostility against himself. Reckon up and consider, reckon, reckon up and consider it all in comparison with your trials so that you may not grow weary or exhausted, losing heart and relaxing and fainting in your minds. Got to be vigilant. You have not yet struggled and fought agonizing agonizingly, you know, that word, against sin, nor have you yet resisted and withstood to the point of pouring out your own blood, like we know Jesus did in the garden. That's what he's referencing. So this passage in Hebrews, it gives us a clear path to running a successful race and obtaining earthly and heavenly rewards. The writer here, and I will say the writer because, you know, it's up in the air. Is it Paul? Is it not Paul? I think it's Paul, but it will. There's a lot of similarities between what he says here and in other books of the Bible that he's written and other letters. So we think it's Paul, but we can't say that for sure. So we have to say the writer. The writer says, <laughs> but it does sound like him. He talks about races in Corinthians, in Timothy, in Philippians. He talks about races, so it sounds like him. Uh, and so uh, the writer starts by talking about the heavenly witnesses that we have. Paul, the writer, also talks about those heavenly witnesses in Ephesians when he says that I pray to the Father of my Lord Jesus Christ, of whom the whole family in heaven and on earth is named. We are one family. Some of us are in heaven, completing our assignments, doing what's assigned to us, and the rest of us are here on this earth. We have a function. We have an assignment. We do ours here. They do theirs up there. But he's the father of us all. And they're a part of us. And we're a part of them. In fact, it talks about how they're waiting for us. They're probably like, get it right. <laughs> Hurry up. Because they, you know, they want their glorified bodies. 
And so it's when we all get there, right? And so um, they have a heavenly function just as we have members of the body here. We have an earthly function. And so uh, I want to talk something that, uh, to do a comparison. I don't know if you've ever watched the show The Amazing Race. Has anyone ever watched the show? Is it on CBS? Is that what it's on? We're going to plug the show. So uh, The Amazing Race is a show on television. And we were looking for a show that we could watch with my eight-year-old granddaughter. There's not many anymore. You can't watch sitcoms together because there's too much stuff going on. Stupidity. You can't even watch commercials, right? And so we we record this show and then we watch it. Uh, there's a couple things, you know, because the contestants, of course, you got two husbands, you know, and they got the two two wives or whatever were kicked off the show. The first one were like, "Praise the Lord, we don't gotta watch them no more." <laughs> Prayer works. And so, uh, but anyway, they uh, the contestants. What it is is they take twelve contestants. And they just drop them off somewhere in the world. They usually start off in the United States, but this year they said it was different. They started off in Munich, Germany. And they drop you, they drop you there, and there's 12 of you, and you meet the host, and he tells you, okay, here, here we go. And so they take you through different countries. And they just kind of say, here's your clue, find your way. No GPS. You got a paper map. You don't speak the language of the company, country, you're on your own. Because you can ask someone on the street, you can say, hey, do you have, uh, can you show me how to get to this? And they'll look it up on their phones, you know, they can help you do that. Uh, you have a car, if you don't know how to drive a standard or a stick shift, we found out many people don't. I'm like, what's wrong with these kids? They're like, <laughs> Henry would be like, <laughs> uh, one lady tipped the car over and I'm like, wow. And so, um, so they just kind of leave you there, and then you race, and then you do different clues, different challenges. Uh, you know, it's a two-member team, and uh, when you, at the end of each leg of the race, there's a meeting point, and you meet the host there, and he tells you what number you are. One to 12, you know, the first week. If you are 12, home you go. You're out. Uh, the last person to come in is out. And then if you're the first person each leg, then there's a prize, usually like a nice exotic vacation or somewhere that they send you and you get, you know, some, you get to look at ruins and different things because these people love to travel and stuff. And so uh, it's just pretty cool. The winner wins a million dollars. I don't know if I mentioned that. <laughs> That's the whole point of the show. Anyway, uh, it's, it's a pretty cool show. Uh, I haven't watched it in like 20 years. It's been on forever. But we watched this last season. And so there were a few takeaways. My mentor on the John Maxwell team, Mark Cole, who's now the president of the team, he travels with John everywhere John goes and has for the last 20-something years. And uh, he started in the mailroom <laughs> and worked his way up. He is now the president of our company of all of John's companies. And so he would, on Tuesday nights, I would sit in his mentorship uh, call and he would be like, so today we went to such and such and we experienced this. And then he would do a whole leadership lesson from his experience. And I'm like, how in the world did you do that? What that did for me is made me more intentional with the things I attend and the things I watch. Because now I'm like, oh, there's always a lesson. I'm not wasting my time. <laughs> I better find a lesson in this. And so it, it helps you uh, to be intentional and put yourself, be present in all that you do. And so uh, even for this, so I got this out of the show, but it will help us because it parallels the race that we're running and so and how to run it well. And so uh, the first thing I noticed is they raced in teams, two-member teams, two-person teams. All of the teams were unique. They were siblings. 
uh, spouses, newlyweds, best friends, testing it out. Maybe we'll get married, maybe not. Some of them, high school sweethearts. Uh, so you had each member uh, of the team had uh, their strengths and had uh, weaknesses. And the teams who knew what their strengths were, the individuals who did, and those who didn't, you could see it when the challenges came up. Because they were, if you got to choose, you some put the wrong person to do the challenge. Uh, but they, they, you got to work to your strengths. And so then I noticed um, uh, that uh, they did better, those who knew the strengths, than they didn't. And it reminded me of what I said just, uh, I was talking to Eric on the way here, about how God wanted a family. So he created us. He wanted a family he could fellowship with. And then Satan got in the mix. And fellowship was gone. And without fellowship, there is no family. There's no family if there's no fellowship, if there's no communication. And so that, that happened. But then he restored the fellowship. And he brought us into the family when we received him. Because you understand, people could say, I, uh, you know, I belong to God, you know, I, I know God. But they don't know him as, he's not their father. He may be their God, but he's not their father if they don't receive him as father. He's not everybody's father. It says, of whom every family on heaven and earth is named. That's if you're a part of his family. And that's a choice that you make. He, he chose you long before you chose him. But you do not enter into the family unless you choose to enter into the family. And so, yeah. And so we were brought into the family when we desired to be brought in. And... Uh, we don't ever have to do life alone because we're a part of the family. God said it wasn't good that man should be alone. And God wasn't saying every man should be married. That's not what he was saying. It's good. That's great if that's the, the plan for their life. But what he was saying in this purpose, he needed Adam to be married, you know, to have Eve because they needed to repopulate, right? They needed to populate. They needed to reproduce. And the right way to do that is to be married, right? And so he, he, he joined them together. But he said it's not good. Why? Because he knows. He wanted fellowship. He created us like him to desire fellowship. Everybody wants to belong somewhere and to something. That's why kids run to gangs if they don't feel they're getting that, that feeling of belonging. I'm not being heard at home. These people are hearing me. And they're actually entrusting assignments to me. <laughs> it's killing people, uh, you know, and robbing people. But they're entrusting something to me. And so uh, everybody wants to belong somewhere. And so uh, if you read in the epistles, you get a really good picture and, of the father and his family, the body of Christ, and how we're supposed to function. Uh, in this race of faith, God will join you with people uh, who have a similar vision. They have a similar vision to yours. It may not be the same, but it doesn't contrast each other. It, it's similar to yours. That's who he'll join you with. Uh, and he'll join you with those who have strengths where you have weaknesses. Uh, so uh, then he'll join you uh, where you're weak. They have strengths or you have strengths where they have weaknesses. So you can help each other. He'll join you uh, with people who are more spiritually mature so they can help you grow. And then he'll join you with people who are uh, not as spiritually mature so you can help them grow. 
See, it, it's, we're all connected. That's why we have to take our place in the body, in the family of God. Glory to God. And so uh, that's the part of the race that we run. That's part of it. And uh, there are earthly rewards for getting this right, and that's living a purpose-satisfied and fulfilled life. If we look around and see those in our lives who are living on purpose, unsatisfied, and uh, unfulfilled, those who are taking their lives, those it looks like they've got everything together. They've got the money. They may have the name. They may have a good job. Let's check out their spiritual life. What are they doing spiritually? Are they connected to the family? Probably not. Probably not as they should. And so uh, the race we run is God's plan for our lives. And we know his plan and provision is abundant. So we'll have access to that abundant supply. That's an earthly thing. That's also a heavenly thing as we run our race here on this earth. During service on Saturday, we talked about how what we do on earth qualifies us for the assignment we'll have in heaven. So there's that. Paul says in 1 Corinthians 9, 24, don't you realize that in a race everyone runs, but only one person gets the prize? So run to win. All athletes are disciplined in their training. They do it to win a prize that will fade away, but we do it for an eternal prize. So I run with purpose in every step. I am not just shadow boxing. I discipline my body like an athlete, training it to do what it should. Otherwise, I fear that after preaching to others, I might sell, I myself might be disqualified. This is my qualifying race. This is your qualifying race. There's also rewards we talked about on Saturday, uh, you know, heavenly rewards. Uh, so knowing that um, I have a supply within me for the family of God and that there's a supply that I receive from the family of God is vital in uh, successfully completing this race because it matters how I bring my supply. We talked about that a little bit on uh, Wednesday or Saturday. How I receive it, how I treat others in the, uh, in the faith family. Uh, the most common way a believer interacts with the family of faith is in their local church. That's the most common way, the easiest way. And when I fail to go to a church faithfully, that God has taken him his time to set me in, um, I dishonor his plan and him. I dishonor his plan and him. And someone else has to do more because I'm not bringing my supply. Someone else has to do more because I chose to withhold my supply. And so it's something to think about. Um, there was a point in the race where a father and a daughter were running together. And uh, she was probably in her, maybe her late 20s, maybe. Uh, and so the daughter was doing a challenge, and it was to, you know, do this chiseling thing. They all thought they had to chisel this bust, this face, like the one that was sitting on the table. They thought they had to, like, chisel it all. Well, all they had to do was take the out side of it the chiseling was all done on the inside but a lot of them banged so hard thinking how I'm not no artist 
that they broke the internal pieces, so now they had to put it together and make it look right. Um, but really, all you had to do was do it lightly, and the first person was like, ah, because that's what happens. The first person goes, oh, but they keep it to themselves. <laughs> because it's a race, <laughs> and there's a million dollars at stake. And so she was so frustrated. She was crying. Then, you know, the next thing she was right, and she kept talking about going home, going home, going home, going home. He felt so bad for dad, you know, because he's, like, so proud he's here with his daughter. She was talking about going home, quitting, 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 and he was like, mm, mm So he kept encouraging her. Honey, we got this. You got it. You got it. Look, we got through that. It's another leg now. And so they asked her, so what, what do you think? They, they didn't get there last. Uh, they, they got there to where they can run another. So what did you think? And she said, well, for the sake of my dad, we'll stay another day. <laughs> you know? But she didn't want to stay. She didn't want to stay. But there's, a, there's value in running your race joined to others. They can encourage you. When you feel like quitting, they'll tell you, uh-uh, you have more to give. Well, I don't feel like I have more to give. Well, God deposited more in you. You just need to make a withdrawal on that. You know, you have more to give. We can encourage each other in that way. So uh, if she quit, they both lost. That's another thing. That's why the word of God says when they cry, we cry. When they rejoice, we rejoice. If she quit, he quit too. He lost too. And so uh, they didn't win the race. Uh, they, they ended up coming in last the next leg. But the attitude matters. Attitude really does. And so, but we see it time and time again. When the head of household quits, the family quits. You know? That's, that's, we see that a lot. We see the family go in a different direction. And so uh, we've got to be mindful of this because the devil wants to isolate us. The devil wants to, me, my four, and no more. We do this together. We do that. And we talked about that on Saturday. Watch out that you compromise being so close to each other. And then, you know, because they don't want me to do this, I'm not doing it. And because I don't want to do it, they're not doing it. And then now in heaven, we're all separated. We don't even see each other. <laughs> They're in that class, they're in that one, they're over there, you know, and we'll be happy we're in heaven, but I want to be together. <laughs> I want to be together. And so I want my spiritual life, I want to be with my partner throughout eternity, you know. <laughs> I want to be up there praising the Lord throughout eternity. <laughs> praising the Lord. But, you know, you see that, and it's, it's sad because the devil wants to isolate us. We keep our problems to ourselves. We keep our, our celebrations to ourselves. We keep, and then, you know, then when struggle comes, it's, you're an easy target because we're walking on the perimeter. And so I, I, it, it, we don't do life alone. Uh, bring your supply. Receive your supply. And uh, wives, <laughs> we don't hide behind our husband's callings. Husbands? You don't hide behind your, your wife's callings. Mm -hmm, yeah. Each of you are running a race together. It's a mutual plan. But each of you have a unique calling. We all have a unique calling, all of us. But when you stand before the Lord, you're going to answer for just yours. You can't say, well, they wouldn't let me do, or I didn't have that. No, no. This is my calling. I take full responsibility. I take full responsibility. And so uh, embrace what God's called you to do. And don't compare yourself to your spouse or anyone else. And that goes for all of us. We don't compare ourselves to anyone else. Your race is unique to you. My race is unique to me. Glory to God. And so the Bible says comparing ourselves to someone else is not wise. 
and I want to be wise. Hallelujah. So that goes for all of us. We need to stay in our lane. You hear that all the time. <laughs> what happens when you get in someone else's lane in a race? There's a crash, sometime a domino effect. <laughs> yeah, they got to stop the race, you know. Uh, and so we don't want to do that. We, we don't want to cause anyone else to literally stumble. <laughs> so we stay in our lane. And so uh, someone may be running a similar path, but there are things in your path that will be different than theirs. But you can run. You can run uh, together in terms of, you know, okay, this is what you're doing. This is what I'm doing. But we don't have to do the same thing, you know. We're all called to do something different. Uh, and so the second thing I took away from the amazing race was the challenges that they had. I talked about the challenges. During each leg of the race, they picked clues up. And one, it stayed with me because it, it threw me off. It said, who's ready to get misty-eyed? And so they look at each other and they're like, mm, they got to think, what, what could this be? And they're like, all right, you do this one. Yeah, I'll do it, I'll do it, I'll do this one. And so uh, some of them told you kind of what it was so they knew the strengths. The people who picked the right person uh, was good. Uh, some... They knew the strengths and weaknesses, so they would say, so-and-so is doing this, or you're both doing it. And so um, this one, the misty-eyed one, was you had to get in the water. <laughs> I'm like, what does misty-eyed have to do? I mean, it was, a, it was a scuba dive, you know. It wasn't just a little, you know, sprinkling. Uh, and then it will tell them where to go to do this. And based on the clue, they would choose which team member would do it. Uh, the biggest challenge for them was, again, they didn't speak the language of the countries they were in. They couldn't read the signs on the road, and they had to drive to, from one place to another uh, for some of them. Uh, some they had to run and walk uh, for some of them. Uh, and then uh, some of the physical challenges involved skill. You had to, like, assemble a Ducati, I think it was. Was it a Ducati? Because they were where the Ducatis are made. They had to assemble that. So one guy was a mechanic. He's like, ha, ha, got this. Uh, the others, you know, they're like, a rich? What's a rich? <laughs> they show you the guy doing it. You can watch him. But if your place was way over there, you had to keep running back. So they learned, oh, stay close to try to get the spot next to where they're giving you the example in these challenges. And so uh, then the, some involved, you know, playing the piano. They had to, like, learn a song. Some had no skill whatsoever. You had to learn it. And they actually did the big keys that you had to jump on, <laughs> not, not actually play it. Uh, some of the challenges required strength. They had to deliver, like, large items across town to different restaurants and things. Or climb up a bridge in Nashville, Tennessee that went like this and then repel from it. So there was also some that you had to face your fear some of the challenges. Um, there were several challenges that required using your mind, memorization. One girl, the one, the team that won, she could memorize anything, and you heard how she did it. She, they would, she'd say, 1942, this one. I have a friend who, I mean, she, her mind worked so fast to compartmentalize everything, because once you went and did the challenge, you'd say, can you see if we did it right? Wrong, do it again. Some people did it seven, eight, nine, ten times. They had to keep doing it. And if it was going in the water, you went in the water ten times. If it was repelling, you repelled 10 times. So it was like you had to really pay attention and take everything in. 
And so some, that, that memorization one was, uh, that happened often. Uh, they had to go to the square on this one challenge. And there were three groups of models. So they had to find the models. This was in France, I think. They had to find three different groups of models and check them out and see what they had on. With their mind, they had to remember. This one had the blue, the, 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 the okay. And then find, oh, this one had the, 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 the. Then they had to run to another area of town, of the city, and they had to put them in books as to what they remembered. And then they'd say, check, please. And so they would come check it. And most of the teams, you know, they would get here and there, so go right, run right back and go do it again. But uh, some of them, what they missed were the buildings that were the backdrop for the models. Who knew? You had to take it all in. There was one team, uh, we'll talk about them, but they, I, you had to go, so they're like, oh, shoot, we didn't look at the buildings. Run back and do it again. So, I mean, this was a lot of memorization, and it cost a lot of time because they missed those things. It cost a lot of time. And so uh, they had um, them face their fears on some of the challenges, um, mental strength. Um, one of the uh, guys, he flew helicopters for a living but was deathly afraid of water. <laughs> he couldn't swim, but he flew helicopters. I'm like... What happens if you land in the water? And so he did the challenge, and he had to go in water. And when I tell you, I told Eric, the minute I saw this, I'm like, this man. You, he was like in fear. His thing kept fogging up. He's calling the guy to come help him. They were supposed to go in the ground and uh, uh, go in the water and scoop dive and look at dates down this line of when volcanoes erupted and memorize the date to the thing. So what most teens did is said, the wife said, I'll take the first four, you take the last, divide it up, you know, divide and conquer. I told Eric, this man is just trying not to die. He's too busy trying not to die. N never mind, look at anything. He's not gonna retain anything, and he didn't. It, it was like three, now the third, by the time, they did two times, and by the time it was the third time that he was going to have to get back in the water, the wife was smart enough to go, he can't do this. And she felt bad. She said, he can't do this. We'll take the two-hour penalty. I want to cry for them because they were nice couples. And so what they do is they sit for two hours, and then they go report in. And that means they're going home because unless another team really messes up, <laughs> then they're going to. And they went home. But she said, you know what? You know, we, we knew we just couldn't do it. And so he could not face that fear. He couldn't, he couldn't do it. And so um, there were so many challenges like that um, that they had to do. But um, some challenges, uh, we face many challenges in our race of faith, many different kinds. It could be, again, our mind gets in the way. Some challenges we bring on ourselves, <laughs> right, because we maybe took the wrong turn, wrong exit, you know, uh, or, or, you know, or we get in someone else's lane, try to compare, you know, or, you know, strife, whatever it is. But then, you know, the enemy also, he, he wants to take us out of the race. He don't care if we don't, if we die. <laughs> he, you know, he's like, as long as I can have you sit down for a while and shut up, you know. Uh, and so he, but he is, he's, he tries to distract us, so we'll lose our focus and lose our place in the race. Uh, and so we, we deal with that too. Um, but that's why Paul tells us to run with patience, endurance, and persistence. This is not a sprint. It's a marathon. And in a sprint, you got to run fast. You know, you, you pace yourself, but you run fast. At some point, you got to run fast. You may start slow, but you better speed up and run fast at some point. In a marathon, you got to pace yourself. 
because it's a long run. And so you need endurance. And so uh, you need, and he said, and persistence. He also said he ran with purpose in every step and he disciplined his body to run so he could finish. That's, that's the goal. I'm running to finish. And I'm not running to finish and fall over on the finish line like you see them do at the Boston Marathon. <laughs> and then just lay down. They got to drag them out. Call the ambulance. They made it at least. And I, I get it. I, I would probably be doing that halfway through, never mind 26, you know, whatever miles. And so, uh, but I want to finish in victory and enjoy the way Paul did. And so, uh, uh, no matter the challenge, we've got to have a no-quit mindset. It doesn't matter what challenge. We've got to plan it in advance. It doesn't matter the challenge. I'm not quitting. And so uh, we're going to keep the faith, as Paul said. That's what our attitude should be. I'm running to finish no matter what. There were two sisters, and what a story that was. They were two Asian sisters who were separated at birth, and they uh, both were given to, both were adopted by Jewish families. They found each other a year ago and then went on the amazing race together. And so they hadn't known each other but for almost a year, and this was more to learn about each other than anything else. Early on in the race, one of the twins hurt her knee to the point where she had a brace on it. It was swelling. She was walking like this, and there's a lot of running. There's a lot of climbing. There's like, you know, up the ice. There's up the bridge, all kinds of things. But she, the two sisters worked together and was like, she, the one sister said, if you're willing to go to the end, I am too. I'm willing to go with you. And so she, she knew her. They found out they both do the same things, like some dumb thing like giving the dog the last yolk of their egg. They both do that. They found out all the similarities. They got to talk to each other and enjoy each other. But they decided we're going all the way. We're going to go as far as we can till the end, but we're not quitting. So if we come in last, we come in last, but we're going. We're not going to sit down. We're going. And so they did. They took second overall. Second overall, just minutes from first. Yeah. And so uh, it, it, was, it was, you know, that touched my heart. That was one of my favorite teams. Uh, and so um, we have divine might within us that can help us overcome any challenge we face. And speaking of that divine might, every week during the show, as the contestants showed up to the meeting point, to find out if they were first or last or what number they were in the race, the host would ask them about the leg of the race and uh, what they thought about it, that kind of thing. And most every one of them that had challenges, you know, and that, that had struggled and stuff, they said, I didn't know I could do this. I didn't know I had it in me to do. And they'd get real emotional. And me, I'm getting real emotional too, you know, watching it. You know, I, I'm, I'm fully engaged. And so they're like, I didn't know I had it in me to do, but I did. I did it. I did it. I didn't know I had it in me, but I did it. And so uh, they'd get all emotional when they'd say it. And then, of course, now they're screaming and yelling. Yeah, woohoo! when they find out they weren't the last ones. <laughs> they weren't going home. Well, when you're running this race of faith and you run into a challenge, a problem, an obstacle, a hurdle, trouble, <laughs> whatever you want to call it, know that you have everything you need within you to overcome that. Everything. Because you'll never know how equipped or prepared you really are until you face a challenge. 
You don't know how equipped or prepared you are until you come up right to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So don't let the challenge stop you. In 2 Timothy 4, 8, Paul was still in his race, actually. Even though he said, I finished the race, um, the next leg of his race was getting his head chopped off. He was awaiting execution to be decapitated. <laughs> and that's what he was saying. You know, I know what's coming. And he's still telling us, you know, praise the Lord, my crown. So, but he chose where to put his focus. I can focus on what's coming and talk to you all about, you know, I'm a martyr for Jesus just as he was a martyr for me. No, he chose not to even talk about that. He chose to set his mind on that crown of righteousness that Jesus was going to put on his head. And he chose to encourage us. Amen. Hebrews tells us to look away from the distractions that come and focus on Jesus. Think about and consider how, how he ran his race with joy, knowing the prize he was going to receive when it was finished. Hallelujah. And so um, he, he, it says, so, and, and to consider that, so that, the Hebrew says, so that you may know, uh, so that you may not grow weary or exhausted, losing heart and relaxing and fainting in your minds. This is why. We need to have a disciplined mind. We can focus on what matters and stop focusing on what doesn't. Amen. And the last thing that Eric and I, uh, <laughs> there was one couple on the show that we loved. And uh, I forget what he did for work, but she was a professional dancer. And uh, the first two weeks, uh, they would arrive at the checkpoint and they were told they were towards the end. So the first week there were 12 teams, they were like 10 or 11. And then the next week they'd show up, there's 11 teams, they were like 9 or 10. And so to come in. And so one of the weeks, I think it was either the third or fourth week, he said, her and I, his wife, his teammate, talked about it, and we agreed that we don't belong in the middle or in the back. We are front of the pack people. That's how we live and that's how we'll race. He said, we are front of the pack people. I remember so vividly how they were standing and stuff when he said that. And she goes, yeah, we were envisioning, you know, and they cut that part out afterwards. But I remember she said, yeah, we just envisioned it. We see ourselves in the front of the pack. From that day on, they were always in the front of the pack. Always in the front of the pack. And so uh, the thing, and now they came in third. And, and there's a reason for it. But they came in in the front. The first three are the front of the pack. Always was the first, the front of the pack. Uh, they, they did not get out sooner than that. Well, uh, the thing that we loved about them, uh, the thing that we noticed about them, uh, I'll tell you where they went. Uh, they started in Munich, Germany. Then they went to Austria, Italy, France, Spain, Iceland, and Jordan. Then they ended in Nashville, Tennessee. And so these are all the places that they went. They drove from one country to the next on some. They took a helicopter for another one. They took plane rides here and there. But, I mean, it was like they had to get themselves there. And so uh, they took them to some of the most beautiful places in these countries. I mean, like, you look out and you're like, well, Austria, they had to yodel in Austria. And you know who was on their uh, coach, uh, Rex, 
uh, the coach who used to coach, uh, Rex Ryan. He was on there with his, uh, with a friend of his, and they had to yodel. Can you imagine Rex, the coach, yodel, 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 and you had to do it to the music. They had to learn a dance. There was this, like, I call her the Amazon woman. She was, I don't know, seven feet tall, and her husband was all of four feet five, you know. And they're like, we're going to do the dance one. I'm like, why would you choose the dance one? This is going to look funny. You know, and it has to be exactly the way they do, you know. And so this one couple, the girl's a professional dancer, but the husband, he's not. But he's just happy, just happy. And so at the end of it, and they keep kept showing it because it was great. At the end of it, after his dance, I mean, it was ugly. It did not look good, but he was like, yes, you know. <laughs> and they're like, congratulations, you did it. I'm like, no, he didn't. But you know what? He faked it till he made it. He was, he was so happy. The thing we admired about this couple is that every place they went, some did this, but they did it consistently. They took in their surroundings. They're like, look at that view. That's amazing. Can you believe we're here right now? Look where we are. We're on the amazing race. She'd be up there doing her challenge, and he's over there, baby, you got this. You're amazing. I love you, babe. Come on, girl. You got this. And she was the same with him. They enjoyed themselves throughout the whole race. They had the same opportunities to get angry with one another because she read the map wrong. <laughs> they, he took the wrong turn. They went in the wrong direction for about 45 minutes, and that cost them. Uh, but they were just like, you know what? But we're here. <laughs> and this, what a great experience. This is wonderful. They just had a good attitude, and they enjoyed every step of that journey, every step of the journey. And so um, <laughs> it just showed me we've got to have joy. Amen. We've got to have joy. We've got to run this race with joy and enjoy the moments that we have in our life. They may be challenges because they're enjoying these things even during the challenges. They're about to do a challenge. They, she was the one, what cost them, she had to climb up that bridge in, um, in Nashville. And it kind of goes up this way. Well, she, when uh, any challenge that comes up for repelling, she was like, maybe this is you, he'd say. She's like, that's right, it's me, because that's what she's always wanted when they heard Remez. Oh, I hope we get to repel. You know, that's her first thing. And so she's crying, and I'm like, I'd be crying because I'd be like, I got to repel. <laughs> she's like, yes, it's me. I mean, so excited she's going to do this. Well, it took her a while to come up because it was, it was really steep and it took a lot of fortitude and energy to get up that thing, but she did. But some challenges you had to wait for another team if they were in front of you because people helped them down, repel, that kind of thing. She didn't know on this challenge, the minute you go up, you can come down and repel. She waited. It cost her because the individual she waited for was limpy. Limpy team. If she had come down right away, she probably would have come in second instead of third. But our sisters, Limpy, you know, the Limpy sister, they came in second. But it cost her, and she felt bad. You know, she's like, I messed up for us. And the husband's like, it's okay. Look where we are. Look at it. It's beautiful. Life is wonderful. That's how we should be. That's how we should be in our race. If we're miserable every day, we need to check the manual. Yeah, because we're doing it wrong. Check the manual, the Bible, and find out what's wrong. 
because we should not be miserable. Yes, we'll go through challenges, but I, I've met people, I've known people that you, I, you know, you talk to them and you're like, yeah, yeah, this is great, wonderful ministries, you know, you see, oh, wonderful. And then years later, you find out, like, they went through six major things that you didn't even know they went through. Like six major, I mean like cancer, you know, a death of a, a, a child who was only like two, you know, all these things that they went through, but you'd never know it. It, didn't, it did not derail them at all. Is it because they don't care? No, they care. It, it, it hurt. They went through it. Are they, is it because they're stronger than we are? No. They, we're, we all have the same divine might on the inside of us. He doesn't give them more than he gives you. If he does, he's showing partiality. But they know how to make a demand on that power. They know how to make a demand and live in the full strength of the Holy Spirit. That's the difference. It's not because they have more than you. No, we have the same. The, the Holy Spirit is the same for everyone. But they know how to make a demand and live by that power. And so just because we have challenges doesn't mean everybody has to know. I'm not saying we ignore them. Not saying that we ignore the problems, oh, nothing's going on, nothing, nothing, you know, and your house is burning down. No, no, not saying that. But I'm saying that it's going to, we got to know and recognize that it's going to happen. Challenges are going to come. But it's a decision that we make, is it going to derail us or am I going to just make up my mind? I'm enjoying this faith journey. I'm enjoying it. I'm not going to be miserable and make everybody else around me miserable. <laughs> I want people around me to go, she's a joy to be around. Not, oh no, here they come. <laughs> here they come. Oh, here they come. Don't, no eye contact. No eye contact. No. Uh, but I thank God for the ability, the ability to stay in joy. Who gives us that ability? It says the kingdom of God, in the kingdom of God, it's righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. Amen. Yeah. It's righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. And Jesus taught us how the kingdom of God operates. That was his whole message. His message was the kingdom of God is like, the kingdom of God is like, the kingdom, if you want to know what heaven's going to be like, the kingdom of heaven is like, if you want to know what it's like in heaven, study what Jesus said. Study what Jesus said. And so uh, we can check the manual. And so the team, uh, they had the best attitude. Uh, they enjoyed the race. I think we would agree, Eric would agree. Uh, they just had fun on the race, and they enjoyed it. So on this race of faith, enjoy it. Make it a joy. If you're having a hard time, enjoy it. Find someone who looks like they're enjoying it and find out what they're doing. Get with them. Find out, how are you so happy all the time? How are you, because I know you got challenges. How are you doing it? How do you stay consistent? How do you not be excited in January and by March you're deflated, you know, because, you, you know, your resolutions are out the window or your goals are out the window. How do you stay consistently, you know, joyful and in peace all year long? How do you show up to everything? Where do you get the interest or excitement to do it? Where do you get it? And then and get with them. And so we can run our race successfully because we know what's coming. I mean, we, we have rewards here on this earth. We have that full supply, but we also have our crowns that we're awaiting. Mm -hmm. 
And so uh, nothing like seeing the master. We said it. You know, when, when you get weary, just think of that like Paul did. Paul said, I'm not thinking about this decapitation <laughs> that's coming. My head's going to be in a bucket in a few hours. <laughs> and I can tell you I have not had any challenges as bad as that. I'm, I can be honest with you and say none of the challenges I've had in my life have been that bad. I can be honest. Uh, and so uh, they have not been that bad. I thought they were that bad. <laughs> you would have thought they were that bad if you were around me at that moment. Uh, but they weren't. When I compare it to that, oh, no. He, he, he said, look at Jesus and what he went through. We, we, we have not gotten there, and we won't ever have to get there because he got there for us. Amen. If you need an envelope tonight to give, you can raise your hand, and uh, Mr. Eric will serve you. God bless you. Uh, those of you who are online, if you would like to give, you can do so as well. Uh, you can do so by going uh, on our website, fhfcma.com. Or you can go to uh, PushPay if you use the PushPay app. Glory to God. We're grateful uh, for each and every one of you, those who are joining us in person, those who are online. We thank you for uh, taking the time to do it. I know on Wednesday nights uh, after the 22nd, uh, it will be interesting. We'll be meeting up. We'll do some bowling together. We'll have some different things that we'll be able to come together. Uh, and so uh, just uh, stay connected uh, on Sundays. Uh, I'm not sure if the first few Sundays, if we'll be streaming uh, just because of we, we need to ensure how the equipment's going to work and stuff. We may do t some test streams the first couple weeks, but I can't tell you that we will stream our service on Sundays uh, uh, beginning January 29th right away. Uh, but the goal is to get there uh, where we will be streaming. So uh, we love our online community. Uh, we have individuals who pray with us from the Philippines. We have uh, some that pray with us from uh, Colorado. We have some that pray with us uh, from uh, just recently from, uh, where was that, Pakistan. And so um, I thank God for that because uh, it expands our reach because we're here in little old Dighton. <laughs> and so it expands our reach. I thank God. Uh, for the opportunity to do that. We don't take that lightly. And so uh, if we don't stream right away, uh, believe me, we'll be working on it so we can uh, get back to doing it. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you for the privilege, because it is a privilege, to be in uh, a part of your family. And it's available to everyone. And so it's an awesome thing. And we thank you that we made the choice to become a part of the family, and we don't take it lightly. We don't take the place that you have set us in. You took the time to, to see what's in us, and then you put that design on the inside of us. You embedded your plan into our spirit, and then you show us the place that you've set aside in the church that matches the qualities and the personality and the giftings that you've placed on the inside of us. And then you place us. You set us in that place. And so we don't take that lightly. We esteem the place that you have set us in. And we make our supply available. And we receive from the supply of the spirit that is made available. And we thank you for it as we give tonight. That's part of the supply that we bring. 
And so we don't take it lightly. We thank you that as we do that, the supply is then, it never depletes, but it always stays in a flow that's abundant. And so we thank you that not only do you uh, supply the plan, but you supply the provision as well. And so this is part of your plan, what we're doing here tonight. And so we thank you that as we do your plan, as we give, that the supply is there for us to give the next time and to do whatever it is that we have to do in our race. We give you praise and honor and glory for it today. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Glory to God. Hallelujah. <laughs> Bless the Lord. So that's the amazing race. The next season, I don't know where it start, when it starts. <laughs> but if you want to watch it, we can talk about it. We can, we, can, we can compare notes the next time. Hopefully it's a good one, you know, because if it's not, we ain't watching it. But, <laughs> but it was fun. It was a lot of fun to watch. My granddaughter enjoyed it. She's like, are we going to watch The Amazing Race? And we had like six recordings to catch up on because we were watching Christmas shows with her. Uh, so thank God for the things that we can learn just from simple things in our lives. Amen. Glory to God. Again, thank you for coming tonight. God bless you. I love you. And we'll see you. Oh, me and Mr. Eric will not be around. Uh, we are leaving Friday for California, and we will be back on Thursday. This is a long trip. Uh, we were counting 14, or no, 10 meetings, 10 meetings in that short amount of time. That's a lot of meetings, but I'm excited. They're Holy Ghost meetings, so Kenneth Copeland will be there, and Richard Roberts will be there, and Pastor Nancy, obviously, uh, and um, I, I can't wait. I can't wait. I can't wait. And so uh, we'll be there. And on Sunday, I am so happy to declare and announce that Craig and Nature will be ministering. Glory to God. They're going to tag team it for us. Amen. They're going to tag team it. And it's, it's be appropriate for marriage and for single, for anybody. So come and support them, please. Come and support them. Bring your supply and support them. I'm excited about what they have to share and I know it will be a blessing to you all. Now, we're three hours behind, so I may be sleeping, but I may be watching. No, I'll be watching. Uh, so God 